Getting baptized is the going public of your faith, and it is a great thing, all right? Uh, something that all fellow believers will be stinking excited for you about. Uh, we have Baptism Sunday in two weeks, and I can't tell you how excited I am for the people who have already signed up to be baptized. It's gonna be a great, great Sunday on the 21st. It's gonna be exciting. And when you go public with your faith, you are telling everyone that I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a disciple of Jesus. And that can be a little intimidating. Uh, and I think it's because none of us are perfect. And we think if we claim a faith in Jesus publicly, we're afraid that people might use that to condemn us. Like, I can't believe a Christian would fill in the blank. And so that's not the point. I think we, we get discouraged from getting baptized, from going public with our faith, because we're afraid people will look at us and say, I can't believe they would. As a Christian, they would. I think we've missed it. It couldn't be further from the truth. What unites us as Christians is what Jesus has done for us. What makes us Christians is not what we bring to the table. We are sinners, and Christ took our place on the cross. He died the death we all deserve so that we could have a way to be with him. Really, baptism is going public with your faith and admitting to everyone that you are in need of a Savior. And that Jesus, he has met that need. Now, we do baptism in front of the church because the church is excited for the faith that God has planted in you. We're here to encourage you, to lift you up. And I know many people, uh, they get a little intimidated because they don't want to be in front of a lot of people. If I tried to give about half of you guys the mic right now and say, hey, could you say a few words? Some of you guys would run, right? Uh, you get a little intimidated because they don't want to be in front of a lot of people when it comes to baptism. I get that. I do. But here's the deal. Everyone is going to be so excited for you. Uh, we are all on the same team. And so if, if that's something that's maybe keeping you from taking that step of baptism, that you're intimidated by being in front of a lot of people, uh, can I just give uh, some gentle pushback? I don't want to call anybody out. I want to call you up. Right? I, want, I want God to move in your life. Just, I want to be gentle here. But if you can't go public with your faith in a room of people that are excited for you, that are going to be, they are going to be with you, they're going to be so excited for you, it's unlikely that you'll use your influence to the kingdom in the world, right, to share your faith with those people around you. But if you will, but if you will take that first step of obedience, you'll be amazed at what God can do through you. But it all starts with that first step. You can't take the second step if you don't take the first step. And it's possible that your faith has been stunted in its growth because you haven't taken that first step. Don't let fear hold you back. Gotta go, gotta go for it. So who should be baptized? Jesus followers should be baptized. When should they be baptized? Uh, well, I'm sorry, why should they be baptized? It's because Jesus said so. That's the who and the why. Now when? When should you get baptized? Here's Acts 22, verse 16. It says it like this. There's a lot of yellow today. I need some help, okay? Uh, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Have your sins washed away. By getting dunked. No, it doesn't say by getting baptized. It doesn't say you get your sins washed away by getting baptized. Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. I want to make that distinction. It doesn't say that baptism washes away our sins. It's our faith in Jesus. He has done that. When it comes to when, did you catch that first part there? said, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. 
when should you, as a Jesus follower, get baptized? Uh, ASAP, right? As soon as you can. Going public with your faith is telling everyone uh, who your hope is in for your salvation. Uh, and I like to think about it like this, and this, this is not just unique to baptism. I think this is just kind of how we as human beings are, are wired. Uh, if you don't do something, and I'll speak to myself, if I don't do something right away, I push it down the road, it becomes much easier to push it down the road the next time. Let me give you an example that I think most people have probably felt at some time or another, or you've at least heard this at some time or another. I'm going to eat this now because my diet starts when? When does our diet start? Tomorrow, right? My diet starts tomorrow. Tomorrow's Monday, yeah. Don't put off for tomorrow at this later time to be decided what you could do today. When we postpone something just once, it becomes that much easier to do it again and again. So when should you get baptized? I would say ASAP, as soon as possible. Uh, the last question we want to answer is how. How should you be baptized. Depending on the church background that you grew up in, or maybe if you're not familiar with all, uh, is, is sprinkling a baptism? Uh, do you have to be fully immersed? Uh, and there's different thoughts on that within Christendom, and different denominations believe different things. Uh, and we don't want traditions that are simply rooted in man-made traditions, where people have picked those up along the way. We want it to be rooted in Scripture. And there's a passage here in Acts that talks about uh, the Ethiopian eunuch, and it says this. As they rode along, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? And here's what Philip responds to this eunuch asks. He says, you can, if you believe with all your heart. And the eunuch replied, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Look at the how he's baptized. He ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. He went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. So it was not a sprinkling where he just kind of got some water on him. He went down into the water. We're going to look at this next verse here, and this is the baptism of Jesus, right? If we're going to look to somebody as Jesus followers, we should look and see how Jesus was baptized. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I'm not the one who needs to be, I am the one who needs to be baptized by you. He said, so why are you coming to me, right? He's a little nervous. He's like, uh, I'm going to baptize my cousin Jesus, all right? That's some, he's feeling a little pressure there. But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. And I think this is one of those passages where it says that God requires people take that to say, baptism is something you need to be saved. And it's not something that God requires of us for salvation. It's what God requires of us for us to be obedient. The thief on the cross never baptized, and Jesus said, surely I will see you in paradise. Paradise, sorry. So uh, he agrees to baptize, John agrees to baptize Jesus. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, he went into the river, he came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy who brings me great joy. Jesus came up out of the water. Baptism is a symbol of what Jesus has done for us. The reason we baptize by immersion, right, going all the way under the water, is because it's a symbol. Jesus lived a perfect life, 
He's vertically standing up. He, was di- he died and was buried, and then he rose back to new life. That, that beautiful picture is lost when we don't baptize by immersion. Now, now, sprinklings are commonplace in a lot of denominations. They do infant baptisms. Um, the idea of fully submerging, uh, immersing a baby in the baptistry uh, does not sound like a joyous occasion on a Sunday, okay? <laughs> Would not be a joyous moment for that baby. Uh, my wife, Kelsey, does infant uh, swimming lessons during the summer, she spends a few hours in the pool with babies crying at her. That's what she basically does, okay? Uh, that's what I would imagine a baptism service would sound like if we baptize babies like adults. Not what we're going for. Uh, baptism, according to these scriptures and others, will be going down into the water and coming back up. And when it comes to an infant being baptized, that sounds a little bit like torture. Uh, but even more than that, baby not liking it or enjoying it, a baby does not have the intellectual ability to Jesus. Remember, said, believe and be baptized. They can't believe. They're not there yet. That's getting the cart before the horse. And I think it can confuse children who have been baptized because they went public with a faith that they did not possess. And if they come to faith older in life, there are some who would say uh, they don't need to get baptized because they already were. And, and I want to say this, that faith is not transferred because you were born into a Christian family. It's not transferable like that. My parents' faith was not transferred to me when I was born. My faith was not transferred to my children when they were born. I had to have my own faith journey of finding Jesus, or I should say Jesus finding me. My children, in the same way, are going to have to have their own faith journey. A family can have generational faith, but it doesn't transferred by birthright. It has to be passed on and rediscovered every single generation. It's not just transferred. They have to have that journey for themselves. It doesn't make sense to baptize a baby or a very young child because they don't have the ability to follow Jesus. Uh, The pattern we see in Scripture, believed and they were baptized. If they don't believe in Jesus, it's not time for them to get baptized. We've got a few uh, young kids getting baptized in a couple weeks. I met with some of the families to talk about it uh, because, you know, you kind of got questions. Understand, not understand. Uh, and uh, this was, I was dying when we had this conversation. I remember this one kid, he is so stinking funny. He is a blast, all right? Uh, he, he's got like a youth pastor written all over him. He is bouncing off the walls, just going crazy. He's there for a good time. Uh, and he expressed interest in getting baptized. The mom or dad were not sure. They're like, hey, I'm not sure if he's, he's there. So uh, I come over, I talk to him about it. And I just, hey, so, so why do you want to get baptized? And he looks at me straight and says, seems like a fun thing. Like it, just, it just seems fun. Like, uh, he's right. It is fun. That's not why you get baptized. Uh, I like to think about baptism kind of like uh, a wedding ring. Right? I got a rubber band wedding ring, so it's not super visible, and it's black. And I'm wearing a black shirt. Not ideal. But I like to think about baptism as a wedding ring. Uh, who wears a, a wedding ring? Uh, married people, Right? It's culturally understood if you see someone wearing a wedding ring, they are married. You, I, I am announcing to everyone that I'm committed to my wife, Kelsey. And if anybody else is wearing a wedding ring, you're announcing to everybody who can see it uh, that you are committed to your spouse, that you've taken vows, uh, and you're wearing that ring so that everybody knows, hey, I'm spoken for, I've made a commitment. But a wedding ring doesn't mean anything without a wedding. Uh, when Kelsey and I were engaged, I had a cheap little ring that I wore a few days a week to get used to wearing a ring. 
I'd like, I've never worn rings until I got married, uh, and I wanted to be comfortable with wearing a ring uh, so that when I needed to, I wouldn't like lose it. I had this like irrational fear that I was gonna take off my wedding ring and I was gonna lose it, and it was gonna be a downward spiral for my marriage, right? So I was like, I gotta practice wearing a ring. But me wearing a ring before we were married did not make me married to Kelsey. It was a ring I wore on my ring finger, uh, but there was nothing symbolic about it. It was just a ring that I wore. Didn't mean I was married. Uh, There's no symbol of the commitment I made to Kelsey because we weren't yet married. It's just a ring. And a ring doesn't mean anything without a spouse. And it goes the other way too. Kelsey and I, we celebrate uh, 12 years this summer. I've worn my, a wedding ring for, for 12 years. But hypothetically, let's say Kelsey and I got married and for the past 12 years, I have refused to wear a wedding ring. Would that mean that I'm not married? No. Marriage has nothing to do with the ring. Uh, just as married to Kelsey, without the ring as I am with the ring. Still said I do, still made those vows, still made that commitment, it's still a marriage. But if I never wore the ring, when I go out, there'd be no way of publicly showing that I am a married man. I belong to Kelsey, I belong to Kelsey alone, I've made a commitment. The ring is a public acknowledgement that I'm a married man. That I'm spoken for that there's somebody who's mine, uh, she's mine, and I'm hers. Baptism is a public acknowledgement that Jesus is my Savior. And I think uh, there's a lot of us that maybe have used baptism like I did that ring before I was married. We, We didn't accept Jesus, we weren't believers in Jesus, we weren't followers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus, but we've gotten into some water and we've gotten wet, we've gotten dumped. Uh, That's a ring without a marriage. It doesn't make sense, we've got things out of order. And there's others who are kind of like the latter. You've accepted Jesus, you're a follower of Jesus, but you've never gone public with your faith. They got the marriage, they just don't wanna wear the ring. When the tradition of a wedding ring comes together with a marriage, it is a powerful thing. And it's the same way with baptism. When you have this tradition of baptism that comes alongside with you being a believer, a follower of Jesus, it is a powerful thing. And unfortunately, it's all too common for these things to get out of order somewhere. I got a story to share uh, disclaimer, I asked, I got permission to share this, so it's all kosher, all right? Nobody be like, I'm gonna tell your wife, right? I got permission. Uh, Kelsey, she was uh, baptized as a, a very young kid. She, in that moment, she said the things uh, that she thought her family and pastor wanted to hear. And because she said the things she thought they wanted to hear, shortly after she was baptized at church, continued to regularly go to attend church, be connected to the church, And her own words, she said she did not truly accept Jesus until she was a little older, uh, around uh, middle school, instead of when she was like, I think five or six. Got baptized to make people happy. Not a follower of Jesus, 
Uh, she became a follower of Jesus later. But she held off getting baptized again as a true follower of Jesus. Because if you, if you get baptized following Jesus, it's just getting wet, right? There, there's no, it's like wearing the wedding ring before the wedding. It just doesn't make sense. And the longer you wait to take any step of obedience, the more the enemy wants to feel like shame and doubt. Maybe you don't need to do that. And Kelsey, so she knew she was a believer. She knew she'd been baptized, but it was before she was actually following Jesus. Uh, went to Bible college, got a degree. Um, she's a Jesus follower, but she has not been baptized after she put her faith in Jesus. Been following Jesus for years, but never baptized as a true Jesus follower. And uh, a few years ago, I got the privilege to baptize my wife, and that was awesome. It was a joyous occasion, uh, not only for Kelsey, but for our family. Our son was there, he got to see that. Now, I want you just to imagine if she'd have kept pushing back on what the Holy Spirit was leading her to do. That step of obedience would have been missed. And who knows the ripple effect that would have had on our lives? Who knows? And why am I sharing her story about baptism? Because her story is one that is uh, common in our world. We're a very well-meaning, family and an obliging child wants to get baptized because there's people that are excited for me. They think it's going to be fun, but not because they're following Jesus. What I want you to do is reflect on your life. What's your baptism story? Uh, were you following Jesus when you got baptized? Or, or were you there because you thought it was expected of you to do? Is there even a story? Have you been baptized or are you a follower? Are you even a follower of Jesus? Here's what I think is really cool. No matter where you land on any of those questions, God speaks to every possible answer the same way. And it's so simple and so powerful. In Matthew 4, verse 19, it says this, Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. My sheep, this is Jesus talking, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they just as much to the person who's been saved, baptized, got everything right, are you following Jesus right here, right now? If, you, if you're not a follower of Jesus, make today the day that you get to follow Jesus. If, if you're following Jesus, but maybe you've never taken that step of baptism, follow Jesus and do that. Jesus never said, pray this prayer and be saved. Nothing wrong with a guided prayer to help us have the words to say. Jesus didn't say, pray this prayer what did he say? Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. And that applies to everyone, regardless of where your situation is right now. Follow me. The question for you is, am I following Jesus? And following Jesus, that's not a destination. It's a way of life.
And if you keep following him, he will keep leading you to more and more. There is always more of him to be had. I believe that with all of my being. Are you following Jesus? If you are, have you taken that first step, that step of publicly going public with your faith, being baptized? We've done that. If you're following Jesus, who are you bringing on the journey with you? Jesus said, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. If you've been baptized, if you've been there, who are you bringing along? Who are you sharing your faith with? Maybe your next step is to pray and invite others to follow Jesus, to see them come to faith. And then when they come to get baptized, to cheer like crazy when you see them take that first step. Wherever you're at today, it all starts with this, following Jesus, to be obedient to his ways, to follow him, to pursue what Jesus has for you. It never changes. Never changes. Follow him. Pursue what he has for you. There will always be.